Hey guys, this is Thomas. This is Taylor. This is Ryan. And we're back again with another Three Dudes, One Blog. Podcast. 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 That was on purpose. No, I know. It was fun. That's why I did it, too. Definitely. I just get jelly that you get to say that every time. So, what <laughs> What was it? You can host. That's fine. Uh, you know, really? Okay, maybe we'll do that next time. This Look podcast is for the week of October 10th, 2016. A.K.A. the week Overwatch's Halloween update came out. That'll be how that's known in history. Yeah, it will. So, Ryan was just telling us about what the sweet new um, (laughs) grief mechanic in Overwatch is. Apparently, Anna got an emote where she takes out a little candy bag and then like throws some candy out to the kids, I presume. Because she's uh, a grandma. So you put somebody to sleep and or kill them, and then you emote on top of their body. Love it. When I first start, like when Anna first came out and I played her for a couple days in quick play, my favorite thing was to put people to sleep and just teabag them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not even shoot. You don't even shoot them. You just teabag them and then run away. Because <laughs> they're like, are they going to wake up? Classic. It was awesome. Had to try to do that in some Q play if I can get that emote. Oh, the the new grief mechanic or the, the grief brawl. mechanic. Yeah. So, what do you guys or think about the brawl? We uh, we spent grand total of a good thirty minutes. Thirty minutes playing. I mean, because I played by myself and then with Ryan and then with you. So. We've all had a little bit of experience with the brawl. Taylor, what what is the brawl? Can you remind me? The brawl is called Junkenstein's Revenge, Thomas. Oh, really? Yes. yes. What is it? It's themed Halloween-y. Okay. In the sense that uh, Junkrat has become Junkenstein. That's his skin from the Halloween update. Do you think Junkenstein is uh, Junkrat's ancestor? Part of me really wants that to be true. Because that would be absurd. That someone could be like, no, 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 no. If you actually look in the corner of Dorado, you can see a piece of paper that actually describes Junkenstein's. No. I have no idea, but that would be great. Beyond that, apparently the the, the story goes, Junkenstein is making Frankenstein, except this time it's Roadhog, so he got a cool skin too. And so the whole goal is you're on Eichenwald right before the doors open, and you're supposed to guard the doors from the Omnic army coming at you. And also Reaper, and also Roadhog, and also Mercy. I don't know why they don't have Zarya in this, because she hates all the Omnics. Yeah. That was actually, well. <laughs> that would be funny. That actually I don't think funny. Zarya's play style fits with it very well. And she could well. be Omnic racist even harder. Well, fits within as in, like, it would be broken. Well, no. Well, so Zarya's he, not very powerful unless her shield is getting charged. And those Omnics, I mean, there's very little time in that game brawl where you're actually being attacked that's fair the artillery dudes do a lot of damage so that would be helpful mm-hmm. but my thought was just like you drop one ult and then pretty much the entire map's useless to the zombies for the next 30 seconds because they're just like well we're stuck well the ult's only six seconds and reaper can um just, wraith form yeah, out, of out of it georgia put the ball under the couch again damn it but it's basically just a wave defense. Or yeah, it's a just horde a horde. Mode of, it's a horde uh, with a few. Special you defend things. a door, and then some creeps come out at you, and eventually a first a reaper comes out at you. And Do you then, think that's the original reaper, and he's just been dying and resurrecting? I think he's the real headless horseman. The real hoodless horseman. Hoodless. Headless. Hoodless. What did I say? I meant headless. <laughs> Apparently, it came out hoodless. <clears throat> 
But yes, I think it's actually a good time. It was really fun. It's fun. I think what's very interesting is that I don't play, except for Soldier, I don't play really any of those heroes. So this is going to be a good excuse to get a decent amount of experience and practice with those people mm-hmm. to see if I can actually you know, use any of them. It's a really good practice range, like especially if you play it on easy or medium. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just like you can train your headshots and whatnot. Yeah, because like start, especially with Hanzo, like I started because I hardly ever play him. Like I started out missing everything, and then by the end of the first one, I was like, okay, headshots. Okay, we're getting, it, we're getting this down. This is how you Hanzo. I Hanzo. I Hanzo. I Windowmaker. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's pretty cool, though. It's a good time. Uh, I mean, there's no good content for Zarya, so the whole update's basically a waste. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff Senpai. Until... Except that Reinhardt skin. Until they release... Uh, what's her face next week? Sombra. 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 So I'm really surprised that the update didn't... Include her? Did it include or time out to when the Sombra was being released? Yeah, let's check. Because the moment in crimes was like just under ninety percent yesterday. Yeah, it's gonna finish up next Tuesday. Sombra. Oh, is that like we did the math? Yeah, people have done the math for a it's while. Ninety-one point two nine four two. It's gonna finish next Tuesday. Well, at least it's less than a week. So everybody was thinking, oh, it was gonna be a two-week-long event next Tuesday. Halloween, Sombra, everything was going to come out. But What if they change up the brawl? Like, what if Sombra gets inserted into that? I feel like that wouldn't make much sense. I wouldn't either. It I wouldn't make they... any sense. Sombra is a hacker. They... And that's all like... Well, I mean, I guess there's Omnix, yeah. so... I don't know. They've got everything. Like, the story is, like, completely told or whatever, and they've got all the voice lines. They're not going to change And it. there are definitely no Easter eggs. In relation related to the, to the crows. Related to the crows, yes. So I did shoot all the crows. You they said them? specifically I didn't even see there's crows. no Easter eggs relating to the crows. End of statement. End of statement. So there's no it, Easter egg at all. That's just Jeff Senpai trying I'm to. I'm sure that is actually the case of there is not an Easter egg in the yeah. thing, but who knows? There could be. How do you guys feel about that ARG? We'll find out. What? We never Sombra? really talked about that. I think we did talk about it. Did we? I don't know. Did we talk about it? Like, in... the, like the actual, like how that is? We talked about the Destiny ARG. Yeah, we did talk about sleep. And how long. easy it was. Well, didn't they beat like, it in like six it hours? No, it took well over a week. Or not well over a week. But... Well, we talking about Sleeper or are we talking Outbreak? We're talking about the thing from now, like the new one. From... Outbreak took like 48 hours. Yeah. Jeez, Sombra has been taking like... Sombra see, ARG has been gates. working since the beta, bro. Yeah, but see, the the Sombra ARG is like, it's cool in how complicated it's been, and it's been fun reading about it, but at the same time, I wish there was like... Something concrete. In-game things that like people are figuring out. Like, this is all like out-of-game stuff. That well, happens. no, there's the som- there's like Sombra and newspapers. The only thing that's... The sky code. But that hasn't been actually like unlocked anything. The, the closest thing that was like to in-game was the people when they rearranged the achievements in a certain way and unlocked like the picture or something like that. Yeah. Well, I don't even hear about that. I just got that for you. (laughs) This is the worst idea ever. Giving her that tennis ball. It's like a little tiny tennis ball and she puts it under everything and cries. (laughs) 
Where is it? Where's the bone? Like a brat. But. 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 Um, that's not what we're here to talk about. No. What are we here to talk about? We're here to talk about the Google Pixel and Pixel XL. Who won last week? Probably me. I think Ryan. Revisionist history. Uh, it was me. Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. So Google, it was like, what, a week ago now? Yeah, it was like yeah, last was Tuesday. Yeah. Last Tuesday, Google announced their Pixel and Pixel C phones. The Nexus is dead. RIP Nexus. Long live the Nexus. Pixel Pixel XL. Yes, Pixel Pixel XL. You said C. Oh, Pixel C. Oh, shit. Yeah, no. Uh, the they Pixel really are copying iPhone. <laughs> the Pixel C came out before the iPhone whatever. Thing. It was their um, Chromebook. Yeah, or did it? No, it didn't. Cause five... I think it was after, but I think they were calling it Pixel C because of USB-C. Anyway, so now Google has made everything nice and confusing because the Pixel may refer to a phone or a Chromebook. Well, two different phones or a Chromebook. Thanks, Google. Well, the Pixel XL yeah, is obviously a phone. The Pixel C is obviously a Chromebook. And the Pixel, the Pixel is could obviously be... the smaller of the two varieties of phone. Or a $1,500 Chromebook. Who or, knows? Or, you know, on your monitor. Yeah, there's that too, which is upsetting. So the, the Pixel launch was Google getting into hardware. So this is Google attempting to do what Microsoft started with, with the, the Surface. Facebook. And then the Surface. attempted with their purchase of Nokia. Which we all know how that went. Right. For those of you that don't, it did not go well. So, the let's get the first things out of the way. Yeah. I pre-ordered one. <laughs> I did, too. And then you canceled. I did. And now you're going to re-pre-order. At some point. <laughs> so, I don't know. So, I, I haven't canceled mine, mainly because I already promised my brother my old phone. Yeah, see, I, my, my backup was if it doesn't work out with me, Hannah needs a new phone anyway. So. Uh-huh. But the problem with me is that I was the silly one who decided to buy the phone outright. And uh, that's a bad idea. You shouldn't do that. Which phone? The uh, Pixel? The Pixel, yes. Well, I mean, you're paying the same price either way. Yeah, well, it's basically, but I have other things that I need to spend that on now. I'd rather pay the monthly payments. And if I'm going to pay monthly payments, I might as well just do it through Verizon because it's the same amount. Well, actually, Verizon, I think, gives you a discount if yeah, you order if, it through them. And if you trade in your phone and stuff like that. Yeah. Discounts. So that's so, why I was like, I might as well do it that way. Cause then at least I'll save a little money. Yeah. Um, so, so when does Apple take, uh, Google to court? Like they are, uh, who's it's I mean, Samsung right now. Why was that? Why would Apple take them to court? Cause they're copied their phone and they're in Apple's currently fighting Samsung and the Supreme they've, court. HTC is the manufacturer of the phone and they've already taken HTC to court. So, Everyone's already in court over everything. The lawsuits have lasted 10 years at this point. Because, unfortunately means, for Tim Cook, you cannot copyright a uh, rectangle. Yes. They're, Samsung is taken to court over software patents. Yes. Which are bullshit, but totally different. Google was taken to court by But court. we are going to admit that the Pixel looks like exactly like an iPhone. It does. I mean, arguably, I'd say that the recent Samsung phones have looked just like an iPhone. At this point, and most he, of the phones look pretty identical. Yeah. If, you, if your phone is a rectangle, 
with a screen mm-hmm. on it, it kind of looks like an iPhone. But I'd say there's a significant difference between that phone and this phone. Whereas, like, the, the Pixel only... literally has, like, the exact same top and the exact same Well, It has actually a, a different of, yeah. top and a no home button on okay, the bottom. it has a camera rather than right at the middle. It has it off to set. To the yeah, side. and it has uh, chamfered edges. What's that? I agree with Ryan that the phones are actually quite similar. I'm not saying they're not similar. But I also stand by the fact that HTC's been doing it for years, and if they're not not out of business at this point, they're not going to stop. So... Yeah, the Pixel is... I think it's funny. No, it is funny. I mean, but but again, at this point... Phones are getting so minimalistic that sooner or later, because Apple even filed a patent actually for um, basically doing Touch ID through the, scr- the touch screen so that you can authenticate with your fingerprint at any point on the screen. So they'll probably at some point, I'm assuming, get rid of the home button. And it's probably going to be, we completely got rid of the bezels. So now you just have an LCD screen in your hand. They'll because never get rid of that. That's even better for when I drop it and button. it shatters a thousand different ways. But the point is that, you know, it's like. All the phones are kind of doing the same thing these days. They get minimalistic. There's basically just the speaker grill and the other speaker grill, or in the iPhone's case, the speaker grill, the home button, and the camera on the back. Specifically, the camera bump on the back. Well, unless you make a real phone like the Google Pixel that doesn't have a dummy camera bump. I, I still, even with my, like, I don't, why, why protrude? Why? Because then I have to get a case so that I don't, because I set my phone like that. Where so the they can face down, and then it's going to scratch it up. Half the reason I got it was because so had they a nice can camera. sell you the official Apple case for your Apple phone. I found literally the one that does nothing for the phone, but just a, has a, a case that spins endlessly. Yeah, that is a pretty big bonus for me, but that's, that's because I'm like you know fidgety as all get out. I got I got to do some hands. Just wait until you get your fidget cube. So <laughs> the interesting thing about the Pixel phone plug is. Plug. The well, well, the immediate response from me, yeah. Well, like so, Taylor and I, we we were live chatting, um, and Ryan was was ignoring. He always has to mute the conversation. That's oh wait, did I finally move it after like an hour? No, no, he just just messaged us later and said, "Can I unmute this now?" (laughs) That was so funny. I'm like, "Yes, yes, you can. You did the right thing." So we were pretty excited, or at least. From my point of view, it looked like we were both pretty excited, yeah, pretty no, hyped I mean, up we by the event. Yeah, were for the, the hardware now, launches, definitely. Yeah. Um, and then I was, like, so excited and rushed to get my pre-order in. And then I looked to see what everybody else was saying. And I'm not really sure. down. Well, yeah, I'm not really sure how, um, how, to feel about how it. the Pixel is going to do. Yeah, why? Um, because I haven't read anything, so well, so it's it's Google's attempt at you know building a vertical ecosystem, you know, and which they need. Well, do they need that? Is is kind of the question that I've been asking myself, and when I've been debating on whether or not I should keep it, I'm definitely going to keep it at this point. But I almost canceled my pre-order because it the Pixel phone kind of goes against the Nexus in almost every single way. So Nexus phones were all about great value or next-gen specs. Mm -hmm. And the best, and like the example of how to do Android right. The Pixel is not cheap, does not push any new technology forward. Minus HDR, I'd say. 
minus well because that that hdr has been done by sony and apple before i mean google's is better obviously because sundar pachai is amazing well but i thought i thought the difference there was that they render hdr content not that they take hdr photos um i don't know if it actually is an hdr screen i don't think so i'd have to look that up i don't think it's that's how i heard that no, I don't think any phones are technically like HDR. Well, we'll figure that out. Yeah, later. we'll figure it out. Okay. I thought you were talking about their new HDR no, 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 super not the, sampling yeah, not method, the, not, the, not the camera thing. The uh, like I thought they were saying you like look at these beautiful pictures in HDR. Of course, maybe that's all. The anyway, continue. Sorry. Anyway, so it is not value conscious at all. It is not cutting edge. It is not breaking new ground. Leading edge, probably. like the six did. Yeah. And it is not, to a certain degree, I would argue it is not pushing forward what how to do Android for everybody else because many of the Pixel's features are locked to only the Pixel and no other Android phone. Mm. Like the new HDR photos are locked to the Pixel. Mm. The Google Assistant baked into the OS, which is like the key feature of Nougat, is locked to the Pixel phone. Mm-hmm. There are things in the Pixel that, if, if this was a Nexus phone, it would, like, for the specs, this phone would cost, if it was a Nexus, like $500. Yeah. And it costs 650 and it would have removable storage, and yep. it would be waterproof. Yep. So, the Pixel, it, it, does, it kind of, like, doesn't make any sense. How you doing? what sorry you just had a look in your face like <laughs> sorry i don't know what is that doing. is that is that the end yeah well is that it like, seemed like you had is that interjection moment i yeah i was letting okay let no, you I'm interject like, i wanted to, i have a, i have a habit of stepping on people's toes i wanted to make sure that you were done dancing before i Georgie, you know, shut up showed some moves now two things those things that i would say to that Mm-hmm. I will say that I completely agree that it's oddly priced for what they normally try to put forward in terms of the Nexus line. To that point, that's not one of the two things. Maybe that's why they're not calling it a Nexus phone is because they want to make sure that's not associated. But at the mm-hmm. same time, the Nexus... The Samsung has that trademarked. Well, kind, well they, no. No, the Samsung Galaxy Nexus was a Nexus phone made by Samsung. It was a, The Galaxy Nexus was a Google phone, bro. <laughs> so, but what I will say to that is that that's not necessarily a good thing, right? You know, people expect certain things to come from Google. So mm-hmm. when, even though it's not called Nexus, everyone knows this is the new thing, Right, everybody right? knows this is the new Google thing, but it, like, what, what pros, what benefits do we get from the Pixel that we didn't get from the Nexus line? We don't. Google does, I would say. Because... You get your updates faster. Well, no, because... Well, I mean, that's the whole point of the Nexus line, but at the same time, I have large, large beefs with that statement. But that's neither of the two things. Well, because of my... That's the whole reason Taylor was getting a Pixel. Hold on. Okay, so thing number one. Reasons, I would say reasons that some things are locked out and kind of go against the Android philosophy is probably a arguably bad strategical play by Google. Because fragmentation has always and is still one of the biggest problems of Android devices. Not the devices in particular, but the software that has to support them. As developers and as app developers, it is a large problem having to support all the way back to 2.4 in some cases. 
when we're all the way up on what what is nougat six seven seven god wow okay if is anybody supporting 2.4 anymore they're doing no, it wrong no but at the same time you have to think particularly in the corporate ecosystem like back in the day when i was actually de- doing some of that development and they were having internal devices that they have to approve to be used for personal devices mm-hmm. those always lag behind just like how most corporate people are or just are still using windows xp right or windows 7 for instance nowadays yeah it would be so, windows 7 yeah now it's now it's windows 7 but the point is you do have to go back further than you'd expect to at least to support those people so is it as bad as 2.4 these days no and arguably considering as we talked before now that we're past the 5.0ish hump Everything that happens at this point is just an iteration. It's not like a large change to the entire ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So to, on one hand, I will say that's a much smaller problem. But part two, by having a more expensive device, by having one that looks really good, and arguably we don't know, but should have very good build, build quality, has a nice camera, yada, yada, mm-hmm. yada. With all that in mind and having the phone that's going to have these special features, most people, I would argue, are probably going to the very expensive Samsung phones anyway, right? Mm -hmm. Most people that go for the Nexus phones are the people that want the real Android experience, the removable storage, all the fancy stuff that Android can do. Well, anyway, go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. But so my point is, by having that phone be the price it is with the features locked like it is, it's as if another manufacturer were also making Apple phones, but Apple had particular features just for them. With that being true, they require people to have their phone on a certain OS level, on a certain spec level. Having the VR stuff in particular, making sure everyone has a Pixel phone, mm-hmm. means they can not have to necessarily worry about 30% of the share of Android devices when really... of them are having a Pixel. If everyone had a Pixel in their pocket, there's probably a lot more that Google could do in terms of, you know, VR standardization between the platform. You know, you have to have a certain spec sheet in order to even be able to do Daydream and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. The same kind of thing goes forward with the applications. Developers would have an easier time, less screen sizes, all sorts of things. Like, one of the reasons that people like developing for iOS devices in the first place is because there's, there's, there's basically two sizes for the phone. And then there's a couple sizes now, which is, I get angry every time I think about the fact that there's now three sizes for the iPad. But well, there's only like the original iPhone, the 4 inch iPhone, the 4.7 inch iPhone, the 5 inch iPhone, but, but the 9 inch iPad, the 10 inch iPad, Apple the 13 inch iPad. supporting previous devices. You cannot upgrade past certain versions of iOS on certain models of the phone. I don't think they support lower than the 4S at this point. But I could still have a 4S. Yeah, but you can't. There's plenty of... You literally... At least five people at my office have a 4S. You cannot... Well, okay, that's what I'm saying. And developers still have to support those 4S 4S users. Anything below that is literally unable to legally, in the sense of you don't have to do any support for them, support download from the store. Uh-huh. So anyway, the, my, what my point is, is that I think it's an arguably bad strategical play because I'm agreeing with you in the sense of why are they doing this to what's considered the Nexus line. But mm-hmm. I think what they're trying to do is make it alluring to come and buy the Pixel when you might be spending that much money in the first place, which is why they're also, for instance, supporting Verizon, which up until recently has been an on-again, off-again thing. Mm-hmm. But I think they're doing it to try and get people to get one device or two devices that they can really handle and know the specs of because then they all they know everyone's on 5.0 everyone's at least above ice cream sandwich or whatever you know Mm -hmm. like we can at least start to assume certain things about where we are and then move forward with it Mm -hmm. that is my opinion 
it's minus a few, you know, little things in there. I think it's bad because we expect more out of the Nexus devices. But I also right. think it's good for Google in the sense of they need more control. Uh-huh. Well, mm, I have a hard time with the control <laughs> argument. Well, I mean, it's open, I mean, arguably it's an open well, source project, right? So well, they should don't have ask control. for my input on this. Raw Android is open source, yeah. but Google's Android is not. You have to adhere to. I a mean, ASOP is set. right. Whatever that stands for, I don't remember. AOSP. Yeah, that is. ASOP Rocky. ASAP Rocky. Yeah. Android. Something but on a protocol or something, I don't remember. You've you have no. What's your opinion? No input. Around. As an Apple man, as a man of the Apple orchards, Johnny Appleseed himself, how does that make you feel? I didn't listen to a word he said. That's see this this is why I was like I saw a look on his face and I'm like, man, he's just like, guys, shut up, Apple's better. He just glazed over. He's just like I mean just just look at it. He's look too busy. Screen. Everything you look said was screen. foreign to me. I didn't get to watch it at all at work. I've just been too busy. I mean you don't you don't um, need to. Like well, so I can, here's a good question. No, I have a good question. No, you go ahead. I can first. just run down the important things for you. Yeah, let's do that. I mean, I know the basics. It has a better battery. It has an amazing camera. It's daydream ready. Sure. Which basically means Which you can I put it. I didn't know what daydream was until you told me, but now I know it's basically Samsung it's a spec gear, but now yeah. it's right. Google daydream yeah. or it's whatever. Google, Google VR. Um, well, anything else that I missed? It's it runs basically on Google's shitty iOS system or OS Android. system. Android. Whatever. Nougat. It's basically a. There's like, it's like you can think of it power. as an iPhone. I mean, it's the Android iPhone, and I like. I get that. I get yeah. like what they're trying to do with that. Mm-hmm. But it, if if it wasn't locked down yes. for this being so, there's like there are two so, reasons that you would get a Pixel over any other Android phone. Back to you. One is because now the Pixel is the only phone guaranteed to get new Android updates immediately. Just, just like previous Nexus devices. Just like the Nexus line. But just now being fair. Just it's being fair. but now instead of choosing between a two hundred dollar Nexus five or a four hundred dollar Nexus six, yeah. you have to get the one Nexus the one Google Pixel that starts at six hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, I mean which also sucks that the first, like, the base edition is 32, and then they just bump it to 128. So are you, bucks. like, just being, like, high and mighty right now and saying, like, worrying about the plebs of the world? Or, like, why do you care no. about it? Being right? that My point is I think this phone is for the plebs of the world. It, it's $650. Like, I'm, I'm, How much is an iPhone? I'm somewhat confused as to why you're so worried about it being locked down other than I'm a, I'm a, you are I'm a, a Google that. You are an, an Android Google man. You pick your side and you've stuck with it for a long time. I pick what's best. Exactly. As soon as a- Apple makes a phone that's better. You you are you've picked your sides in all the battles <laughs> and then no matter what happens like you you're sticking with your side. And like I don't understand why it, like everything you've described like this is the best phone but yet it's shit because it's so much money and well, it's going to like are you worried that it's going to destroy all the other like Android phones like no. the Android market like no like, no what, I, what, it's, it's the precedent the phone going. is setting so the why why doesn't this just make 
Samsung and HTC and all the other little Android guys that like pretend to make phones. Wow. Like, why doesn't it just make them? See that price? Uh, that's fake. That's a month. That can't. That's twenty dollars a month. Why doesn't it? Month. Why doesn't that just make them want to I like think... create something superior? So well, I think the biggest thing Thomas has a problem with is the way Google's building walls around where the Pixel is. Because what the other carriers do, and particularly the other manufacturers for Android, is that they all have their own skin, and they all have their own software that goes on top of Android. And, and so, from everything I've heard from you two, that's what makes Android shit. <sighs> yes and no. That's Most skins are really good is... now. Most skins get out of the way. Like, this phone is not a Nexus phone. It has Motorola skin, which but, has like three but, changes, maybe four but, changes. This is basically but, a Nexus experience. One, that phone came from Google, arguably. No. I mean, the Moto X and the Moto Play and the Moto Pure were basically after Google bought Le- Motorola. Yes. They had them. They manufactured one line of phones and then sold them to Lenovo. So Google purchased Motorola for their patents. Right. They took the patents and then told the company, you get no special treatment. And we know like, we know that Motorola had no special treatment. They got no early act. Like, there would have been a big antitrust thing. Right. Motorola was just, they gave them the resources they needed to make phones. That's right. all they did. They, paid, saying, they paid their still, paycheck. It's still Motorola. It's still a Moto phone. But my point is that since Google was involved... It wasn't nearly as skinned as it could be. TouchWiz, no. I still stand by the statement, is an abomination. It no, be removed TouchWiz is not an abomination anymore. It is an abomination. TouchWiz is, is awful. I hate the Samsung skin. I, I hate all TouchWiz is fine. LG skin is fine. Sony's fin- skin is point, fine. Okay, but the point is, barring my prejudice against the OEMs, my point is that Android is about freedom, really. Because of the fact that at the base it's an open source project. Because of the mm-hmm. fact that there are many manufacturers and all this sort of thing. For Google to take that brand and to try and push it into an iPhone-like territory where we're saying we will take control. Angers many of the best supporters of Android because it goes against what it's supposed to be. Just by principle. Whether or not that's arguably good mm-hmm. for the company. Because I think there are good things to that. But I also think it's a bad PR move at the very least. If not more than that. It, you know, there's there's those two sides to it where everyone could be really angry at them, but it might have been making Android better for all we know. Like, this is a very, very controversial step for them to take for considering the community that's around them. Mm-hmm. Well, so here's the deal, Ryan. Here's the deal. The, the lowdown. The, we're trying to convince you to buy an Android phone at this point. At this point, it's nothing more than a market. This I'm conversation, never going to buy an Android phone. This conversation is not the one designed to uh, get... <laughs> Ryan to purchase an Android phone. At this point, it's me and Thomas can't agree. And we this is like that. a sabotage. It is. Android is like me trying to read Spanish right now. And Android. I'm never going to spend the time to read Spanish. Spanish now. Android to Ryan is like cheese. <laughs> that too. That's He'll touch it one. if he has to, but, but just to just get it off don't. of his burger. Just don't, <laughs> just don't be within like a foot. <laughs> just to get it off his burger. I didn't, that's pretty good. So, so here's the deal. The Google Pixel phone is the best Android phone, except 
It doesn't have the largest battery. It doesn't have removable storage. It is not waterproof. It is not using a 4K screen, and it has giant bezels. It does. The only okay. thing that the Pixel arguably might so do. So they said we're not like you have all these advantages over us because we don't want to spend the money for that. But the one thing we do have is it's ours, and we're going to make our software better than anything you can make. Yes. Because we're Google, and which, you guys are Peons. Which, besides the fact that the Nexus so I don't devices see have you, been better, Other has than, been the like, point. if I was, like, Team Google, like, specific, like, for, like, specific Samsung Galaxy yeah. or whatever, or whatever, like, and I loved that specific line of phones, which, like, it sounds like you were kind of talking about earlier. Like my wife. Like, I, I, I don't know. Well, so so being on the best iOS or operating system for the last ten years, it just said, "I don't care what you do; you can do your thing, and I'll just rock what I've got." And it doesn't matter what you guys do. So. Well, it doesn't matter except if it wasn't for Android, there would have never been a larger iPhone size than three point five inches. I'm not saying the phone's better. Like I'm only talking about the system. He's saying like, he's saying competition is good, but he likes what he's got. So. We're not. I'm not. I do not want to get into an Apple versus. I mean, I'm not trying to either. I was going to say we should probably stop that at agree to disagree. So here's, here's like that's just been my concept from like my personal point of view, and I right. I'm struggling to see like why you like if you're you're buying a Pixel, you're clearly like this is going to be superior, and I'm going to get it, but yet I still have a problem with it. Like, yeah. Just accept the fact that you're going to be superior. He loves the device, but not what it represents. So the Pixel And is, also the fact that the specs could be better. Well, so here's here's the deal. I, I don't love the device. I wish it was waterproof, and I wish it had removable storage, and I wish it didn't have that giant fucking chin. There's no reason for it to have that chin. It's the chin. The bottom part. The chin is huge, and it's useless. It does nothing. The bottom bezel. So, yeah, the the, the down there. There's not a speaker on it. I, There's not a sensor. There's, There's no, literally liter- nothing. I'm just yeah. saying I've literally never heard that term until today, but it's so applicable. I'm just blown away by that. It's a it's a phone guy term. So the forehead and the chin. Come on. So I here's, look at it now. Here's the deal. It's like the it looks pixel, like an iPhone, except the bottom part literally has nothing. Like so, it, it's I agree, it doesn't make sense. But. Right, it doesn't make sense. So like so here here's the thing. The pixel should be so oh. okay, the Nexus phones were either the best bang for your buck or pushing the technology that. forward. I know I'm just like reiterating. Recapping, this is what the Nexus line was. The Nexus phones were amazing. If you like, I bought a Nexus Five and it was like the best phone I had ever used. It was three hundred dollars when every phone cost six hundred and fifty. It was awesome. I loved it. I used it forever, but. It, Google is with the Pixel is basically saying the Nexuses were good. Those were that was like a good experiment. But here we have we have perfected the smartphone, the Ryan. Grail. This is the best Android experience you can get on the market. Except it costs the same as everybody else and does not have the same features as everybody else. So a, a Samsung Galaxy S7 and a Pixel sit right next to each other in price. The S7 has a larger battery, it's waterproof, and, and it explodes. has expandable storage. That's the note. <laughs> it's, it's better in almost every single way, except that Google is locking out except for their AI. Except for TouchWiz. And they can spontaneously combust it. That's a note. And TouchWiz. I don't know. How can you defend TouchWiz? It's fine. It's so Google is 
basically saying buy our inferior phone for the same price as everybody else because we know you want that sweet, sweet raw Android and there's nowhere else to get it. Arguably, Did there isn't. Though. A week ago, a week ago, before next Tuesday, there was, we have that sweet, sweet raw Android and it's $200. Now, it's. But we it have, wasn't a raw Android. Yeah, the Nexus phones were raw Android. Yeah, but at the same time, like, here's, okay, here's, I'm just going to say it, and then I'm done. You can argue against it. That's fine. You can have your opinion. The bit that kills me about it is that this is no more expensive buying outright for a phone and the monthly plan being under $30. It is no more expensive than the other phones on the market with the same kind of spec sheet. It's really not. Is it missing waterproof? Yes, compared to some of the Samsung devices. However, it also doesn't have the Samsung overlay on top of it. It also doesn't have, you know, fire coming out of it. But beyond (laughs) that, there's the other Nexus devices did lack in some areas on the specs when they were that cheap. They were that cheap to get you the experience and to be able to exploit it. That's why they had things like expandable storage. Not that that's necessarily a minus, but some people might argue that having that as a feature is unnecessary. That's why it had things like, oh, I had something else for it, but it's gone already. But the point is that those devices were that price for a reason. Arguably, the spec sheet on this phone is as good, if not better, and does cost that much more. By buying it outright, you are at $649. If I go to Verizon with an upgrade, it is $200. If I buy for a two-year contract or $28 a month, the exact mm-hmm. same amount it would cost to finance it. When it comes to to what people, I would argue, are looking for these days, the things in particular that Google's looking to snipe are people who are dissatisfied with perhaps the other ecosystem that's in the room, which is iOS. The things people are hating right now are that the updates are coming up broken, things don't work, it's not as simple as it used to be, and it doesn't make sense. By giving them that pure experience, by having nothing on top of it and all that kind of stuff, basically saying, just get over here, press a button, and Google will tell you how to do everything in your life. Talk to the assistant, we don't care. That's what they're, they're, they're really not focusing on the fact that they need, and I feel like what they're really doing is that they're saying, we know you're here and we have things for you, but they're on other manufacturers. People buy Samsung phones almost as much as they do iPhones. They don't necessarily buy HTC phones more these days. They don't necessarily buy HTC phones. The Nexus devices weren't exactly the best selling category of devices there are. They're there as a statement, not as a flagship they've never been a flagship samsung's been the flagship for years at this point and arguably that's still android that's still how you can get it google's not the only source but they are the creator and the maintainer so to them the experience the updates and the quality is more important necessarily than being the best phone on the market in terms of spec they have to choose something that's going to support all of the things they're looking for it to do like google assistant daydream all those things that's their goal now, as a consumer and a person that wants to buy an Nexus device, don't necessarily think that it shouldn't. Like, I'm still like in the camp of I wish it was a better phone. In terms of like, usually, like you've said, mm-hmm. usually it's been kind of pretty great for that amount of price. Like cramming things in there for that cost is always very important. But at the same time, I've been buying iPhones for the past few years, and this is not an exorbitant price considering the iPhone Seven starts at the exact same price. Yeah. So here's, but it's waterproof. It is waterproof. It's fucking waterproof. How are you going to make an iPhone killer? It's not waterproof. So here's the here's Who's the root. Jumping in the fucking pool with their phone, like I don't if know. I drop people it who have iPhone sevens. 
people who have iPhone sevens are jumping in the pool with their phone because they can't. Check it out. Because <laughs> they can't. They're doing that. What is it? Oh my gosh! What's his name? Doing the the water the, like, test. pouring the pouring the champagne on the Android phone. So oh, here's the deal. Wayne. Thank you. I was like, I was like, kept saying Wayne. Yeah, Sony phones. So here's the deal. Let's get to the very the root the rootiest root of my whole the three point one four of my whole topic. So this will explain it's everything pie, to you, Ryan. This is a this is a deep truth. Deep, almost as deep as that can. Do you remember how much the iPhone four costs or um, did cost when it came out? No. Okay. I remember it being exorbitant. So here's the deal. This is the first time that I am paying more than four hundred dollars for a phone since I bought an iPhone four. Seven years ago, we just learned a dirty secret that he had an iPhone. I, okay, let's let's go back. I had an iPhone three, a three G, and a four. Ooh. I was iOS all the way until Android got better. I love. I I don't think iOS is a bad system. I used iPhones. I loved my iPhone four. I had. I like kept the case forever. I still probably have it upstairs. The packaging is awesome on iPhones. I loved my iPhone 4, but Android got better. Ice Cream Sandwich was better than iOS, and every version since then has just made the gap even bigger. This is the first time I'm buying a phone that's more than $400 since 2010. Mm -hmm. And I am upset that it is not definitively the best phone I could buy. So this is really just a bang for your buck problem. I am upset that the Pixel is not very obviously mm -hmm. the best Android phone you can get. It, there should be no competition. Google has enough money to even to make small margins or even throw away money and say this is the best Android experience de facto. Don't even think about it. And they couldn't handle that for $250 more than the Nexus 6P, which had more features. Hardware-wise or software-wise? Hardware-wise. Okay. What was I going to say? The Nexus P is... The Google Pixel is basically a Nexus P with a iPhone-like spec bump that I, Apple does every year. Like, the camera is almost exactly the same. The only thing that's different is now you pay $250 more. And that upsets me. And we know Thomas it only happens. cares about the camera. That happens. I am. If I can't continue, we're not going to continue this argument. We're gonna yeah, go we're done. Right. We're going to go. That, that was like supposed to be like the final statement, and then we move on. Yep, I'm good with that. Hey, can I have that beer? Sure. Which one? There you go. The one that's not open. Yeah, I just realized. You should one. go next, Taylor. You need another I beer, right? I will, because no, I'm going to bring it back to games, and it's an awful topic because I'm going to ramble for a little bit, but it's going to happen. And maybe you all have comments on it, so that'll sure. be great. We'll see if I listen this time. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, having that topic, I was just kind of like, I wonder what I had for lunch yesterday. So, interestingly, I had I was reading a lot recently because it's kind of a lull, in my opinion. The Halloween update was great, but in terms of like things coming out and things getting updated, at least in the games that I'm currently playing, it was kind of a lull before the. Halloween update came out. So I was reading a lot about what's going on with The Division, reading a lot about what's going on with WoW, reading a lot about what's going on with just kind of a lot of the other IPs that are really big right now and seeing what's going on. And what I found so interesting that, I, that suddenly like hit me when I was actually reading the Destiny subreddit at the time was that back when, you know, what, six months ago when everyone ha still hated The Division, 
when Destiny was arguably kind of having a rough time before the Rise of Iron expansion was announced. Six months ago, that. Division was just coming out. Yeah, I know. See, okay, all right, maybe that was a ballpark. <laughs> we were still excited. Say, okay, about three the months division. ago, whatever. <laughs> a sense of time. See, this is where I'm going with this. So, what I found interesting is that the Division came out, right? And we were so into it, it was a lot of fun. And it's arguably the same kind of game that's like MMO, grind fest, you kind of get your gear. You, it's basically just about playing the content enough and playing it at different difficulties to get certain gear. They all hearkened back to basically once everyone started pointing out the flaws, like why didn't they learn from Diablo, for instance? Why didn't they learn from the past mistakes of other developers? How? And then we've talked about this before, like with Battleborn, for instance, when it was coming out. They're like, how do they not look around and be like, perhaps... This was not a good idea. But at the same time, you know, that was an issue of development times. But where I'm kind of going with this is the sense of, on one hand, there's all these games coming out that seem to just kind of continue the wheel of franchises or continue the wheel of interesting things, right? So we have, like, for instance, Battlefield 1 is coming out. Mm-hmm. It's basically like a reskin. It's going back to the days of everyone remembering how great the game was back in 1942 and back in, you know, the timed pieces that Battlefield had. Overwatch has taken, to, well, Blizzard, I should say, has taken to, with most of their IPs, this kind of randomly generated weekly events that keep you interested. Hearthstone's got the brawl. Heroes of the Storm is soon going to have the brawl. Overwatch now has the brawl. All that's happening. World of Warcraft has gone through almost a metamorphosis with Legion. They've res- resurrected themselves in a sense that I haven't really checked out what all the new content is because I don't even understand what's new in the game. But they're on the uptick Swords. again in subs. Yeah, they're on It'll the- be interesting to see how if that- oh, World of Warcraft maintains that subscription yeah. base over six months. Be- because, I mean, Dr- Warlords of Draenor was up and then immediately <laughs> right down. But all of these games are kind of... Like, what I found interesting is that, so people were hearkening back, for instance, and I kept coming back to this idea that Destiny, The Division, and arguably somewhat of WoW, and and of Diablo itself, since it's also a Blizzard IP, were all hearkening back to the Loot 2.0 patch, and when, like, everyone was complaining, everyone was vocal, the developer was listening, everything was, like, meshing, and then suddenly they're like, here's Loot 2.0, we fixed it all, come back and have a good time. And then I remembered recently that The Division, now currently, just unveiled a public test server, they are doing like weekly patches. There's brand new content almost every day in the sense of they have done large overhauls to all of their systems. And I thought to myself, man, that'll be interesting. But what I did not think is, man, I can't wait to get back to that game. Like I might at some point. It's not high on my priority list. But it, I, I sat there and thought about like the fact that Overwatch has been patched many, many, many times and nerfed and very various balance changes and they're very very upfront with the community with their developer interviews for instance with Jeff with, Senpai with Jeff Senpai where they're kind of saying here's what we're working on here's what we're considering here's what we're thinking about we've nerfed McCree we saw he was too much you know they're doing it like every week well every like 2 3 weeks yeah well yeah but so my point is that is it on one hand people are comparing these games against previous predecessors of either the genre or of mechanics or what have you. And arguably, the later we get in you know, time, the more games there are to compare against, the more people that might have perfected a mechanic over all else, the people that might have loot right, the people that might have the shooting right, the people that might have the mechanics right, versus these moments where the division is finally coming out and saying, we're going to keep you informed, we're going to do real big updates, Overwatch is updating every few weeks, like they're keeping up with everything. Where 
where do you think the players have enough voice versus oh God, too much back. voice? Does that make sense when I say that? Repeat it. Like, when you have a community that's very vocal about basically saying, why can't you be Diablo 3 on Loot 2.0 to the Division? Versus a community that's looking at Overwatch and saying, this doesn't make sense. Why is it balanced this way? Can you change X? I mean, like, where does that power of voice stop? Because when you look at the situations like a game like Battleborn that might have needed more experience in looking around versus, you know, having less insight and kind of having less of a roadblock of making sure everyone's happy. Like, where, where does the player's happiness stop when they say, this is the game we made, right, these days? I mean, half the point of the indie titles these days isn't necessarily to be a well-balanced, well-thought-out game. I mean, half of them are supposed to be hard. Some of them are meant to be more emotional and walking simulator-esque than others. Like, I can't just go to the, like, the... What's the what's the one we were talking about that's the walking simulator that's, like, getting... Oh, Firewatch. I can't just go to the Firewatch devs and, like, yeah, it'd be great if I could shoot things. And then what if the community picked up on that? Like, are they going to get crapped on because that's not a feature that's in their game? Or is that fair to them if everyone picks up on that and they're just like, yeah, it should have been a shooter. And then we move on. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, where does the player's voice stop and implementation begin? Or where, you mean like where should the player's yes, voice that, stop? Yes, thank you. That's what I was kind of going for. So, I mean, I'm sure you didn't mean it like this, but Firewatch is like, and, and these indie yeah, games in general, like totally different because the Division and Destiny and of Overwatch are masses. are designed to be living entities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Overwatch especially is, 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 you know, really geared at being an eSport. And, and mm-hmm. getting that right requires a lot of balance and, and changes fine-tuning. And, and fine-tuning and stuff. And it, it really, I think, needs, should be, and in most cases is. I don't think I've seen many times where a developer has gone too far because the community wanted them to. Right. You know, it's it's up to the I developer to take advice from the community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if everybody is saying Gallahorn is OP, death, Bungie should look at it. Yeah. You know, they shouldn't necessarily do anything. It'd be nice if they could do what, uh, what Jeff Senpai does or what Elon Musk does and come out and say, okay, we... We you, see this. You guys say that Anna is overpowered. Here are the statistics. Anna has a completely within range win rate. She actually has a lower win rate than many other heroes. We don't believe that Anna is overpowered because, contrary to what you're saying, the data shows that she does not win any more frequently than any other hero. And it's actually right. It, it, like you, you, you kind of have to like mm-hmm. when the community mm-hmm. is vocal and wrong. You have to come out with data to say, yes, this is how you see it, but yep. we have the hard data, and this is this is what's really happening. And you know, with the with the division, I don't think you know they've been able to come out and say anything like that because the community is like, your game is shit, and they're like, uh, okay, yeah, it's kind of shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, while while you were going, like you were talking. I don't want to deviate from like where you were trying to go, but like Let's see I was just trying to think of like the two games that you brought up specifically of Battleborn and Division. I kind of just wanted to say, well, they were just bad games. Like, I, 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 it's harsh, 
But like thinking back on our time at the division, like I think we liked it because one, it was the first time we really got to play the three of us together in a game. Mm -hmm. And And the campaign the campaign was fun. But other like the game was fun because the story was somewhat decent. It wasn't fun because like the mechanics were like fun to play though. Like it was just an average game. Like it didn't do anything new. Like the the difference between Destiny and the Division is like the the Destiny is just fun to play. The mechanics are rock solid and like everything about the game works for me personally. Right. The Division's just like what what does the division do that Gears of War didn't already do? I mean, yeah. like it was pretty much the exact same system, just with like different abilities or whatever you want to call it, and, and ambiance or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. So like the and 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 Battleborns, uh, I never played Battleborn, but I watched, <laughs> I watched I mean, videos. I watched plenty of videos about it. There was one YouTuber that I watched that he tried to get into it a little bit. And, yeah. He like the the videos like the game just didn't get traction, so he's quit making videos because he's like people don't want to watch this, people right. don't care about this, mm-hmm. and like I, I guess this goes to towards where you were trying to go of like I don't think developers should listen a hundred percent to what the people are saying, but you can't ignore. But like the people, the people weren't coming out and bashing the division because they just wanted to bash the division. People genuinely wanted the division to be good. People yeah. divisionally wanted the division to be better. They were trying to help the game in what they thought would make the game better, and they were trying to tell the developer that. And so far, uh, whatever it is, what's I, I don't know whoever the developer is. I massive, massive, yep. has been unsuccessful in like re reengineering the game to be good enough and worthwhile the the masses to come back and enjoy it like it's it's i i don't want to just bash these developers and say these games are shit because well, no, but we thought like i had a lot of fun yeah. with the division i don't regret spending 60 dollars on the division i, I thought it was worth it was my 60 dollars really. i had a good time with it um, i only mildly regret spending i where, think a hundred dollars on like, the where, division i can like i completely agree in the sense of like there's there's a point where you just have to be like well it deserves being crapped on at the same time. It's uh-huh. just what made me in like what kind of just got made it interesting for me is the fact that when Diablo three first came out, everyone crapped on it. Like everyone hated it. Right. Because mm-hmm. of all the things well, that they changed in as throughout the time. Right. Well, not necessarily that it was bad. Well, People like, enjoyed the, the story. Well, it took us a little bit to realize the, the brick wall that was the end game of, it was the same thing with the division. Exactly. I mean, the division, and Diablo have a similar track. It comes out. It's great. Everybody's great, great, like, great, great. And okay, this is cool. Game. Great, 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 great. And then, yeah, you hit that wall. And you're like, oh. And it's like, okay, this is total shit. Yeah, what what were we thinking? Like, how did this work this out? This progression system is garbage. And that's that's all I really, like, that's what piqued my interest about it. Is the, In the sense that, like, people liked what Diablo 3 brought to the table for those moments before they hit the point where Torment was a thing, Right. Mm-hmm. The, which was even before Torment was a thing. People liked The Division before they hit the point where the next big thing to do was just go to the Dark Zone and have fun, and everyone realized that that was boring as heck. You know, like, where, it's just, it was so interesting to me to think about the fact that we're all hearkening back to this moment where Diablo had this almost rebirth with Loot 2.0, when they changed so much about the system. But Blizzard is one of those, those the peop, you know companies that had the ability 
to throw these men into this project and throw money at it and say, fix it, and we'll call it a day kind of a mm-hmm. thing. Whereas you look at Massive or you look at Battleborn or you look at arguably Destiny because they still haven't fixed some of the problems at the end of the day, where they can throw as much as they want at it, but the problem becomes, how do, is, is that going to be enough to keep people around? When's the point where you say, I know we didn't do right, and I know it sucked, we'll do better next well, time? Well, I think we're seeing that somewhat with the two games that you talked about, of Massive is sitting here floundering, struggling to figure out what they need to, yeah. to fix the game that they currently have. Or like just to tweak it, yeah. While Gearbox, or that's right, Gearbox, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say that's has said, okay, we have a problem. We need to drastically go in this different direction to try to salvage anything we can. And so they're going completely free to play. They are going to completely revamp the game of how they know it, which is what. It sounds like, the, from yeah. what I understand, is what Diablo did. Like, yeah. Yes, Blizzard, Blizzard is Blizzard. They are, have tons more money, tons more resources than your even your your above average AAA developer. Like they can just do like whatever. They, they can say five hundred guys go fix it. They can say like, after ten can, years, let's scrap this MMO and start with something else. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean they have clear advantages over other people, but it doesn't mean. I mean. It, it's. I, I don't really know where where no, I'm I mean, to go. But well, honestly, this so, was kind of like where I wanted to go with it. Like that's I mean, kind of all I really wanted. For me, at least, I think the difference between Battleborn and the Division is, and you you kind of like you said this is Battleborn Gearbox is taking a race to the bottom. They're saying, can we salvage anything from this game? Which I think is the correct move for Gearbox because Battleborn is garbage. Not the, well, yeah, we pure really garbage. Know that. It's a garbage dumpster fire. It it's, dumpster re- it's release fire. is definitely a dumpster fire, but I don't know if the game. But is bad. Massive is not making a rush to the bottom. Massive is saying we do have a we, community. We realize that there are problems here, yeah. and we're you know we're going to do everything we can to fix these problems. You know, I think. Massive is kind of doing what Blizzard did with Diablo 3, or attempting to do what Blizzard did with Diablo 3, but on a much more public scale. When Diablo 3 failed, we didn't hear about Loot 2.0. Blizzard didn't say, hey guys, we hear what you're saying, we know Diablo 3 sucks, we're working on a total revamp of the system to make everything work great. Which, from a PR perspective... Might have might have been the better choice at least for that point in time. Yeah. Because I I remember I said fuck it I'm not touching this game anymore, and then six eight months later whenever it was there was just a news story what that said Blizzard totally revamped Diablo three and I said what I gotta check this out so I went started a new character and yeah. I basically I replayed the whole game because it's awesome because it's a great game whereas Massive is you know very vocal they're saying we're we're gonna fix this. Which here's I, X. Here's I think today might be the right decision because if Massive went away for eight months and then came back and said, "Hey, look, we made the division. It's totally a new game." No people be might there. be like, "No one would be." I'm there. out. Mm-hmm. 
Destiny, Destiny's back. I'm playing, you know, like whatever. Yeah. Like I moved on. Like I think Massive needs to this this constant cycle of like we haven't like we haven't got it yet, but we're working on I it. I mean, it's the nature of the beast right now, right? I mean, everyone needs everyone's just that much more connected than at the time back then. Right, three years I mean, ago. It's, yeah. it's yeah. interesting oh God, exactly. thinking about it though. Is like That's so crazy. You see, like the the two different ways, kind of like you said, the race to the bottom or like. Massive try to fix massive it. is like publicly like you said, but they're constantly making small adjustments. Yeah. Rather than building up and releasing one giant thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which it seems like it seems like in the current state, people don't like just minor tweakings as things go along. Because Destiny, on the other hand, kind of just like they took the approach in year one. They were like, We know we have problems, we're analyzing all the problems and we're gonna fix it. And like we sat there for six months, and they're like, "What so, the hell are yeah, they doing? So like they're not what? doing anything. Why are they just sitting on their hands?" Yeah. And then year two came around, and they're like, "Oh shit, they fixed like all of these problems. Mm-hmm. Like this game is so much better now. Of right. like releasing these small patches doesn't I, I for doesn't Overwatch is one like thing. Much. Overwatch is a completely different animal. Right. Where, We're like, not releasing small patches on that case works." But it's a completely different animal, and like the other games that we're talking about, of like, it seems like the people prefer, and we've seen it in a couple of different cases of building up and releasing one massive patch, yeah, and saying we've completely revamped everything. Come back and give us a shot. Yeah. It seems like people are more willing to do that than to say like, oh well, we changed one of these twenty issues. You should come check it out. People yep. are like. No, there's still like 19 issues. Like I'm we not know, come we back. know about the rest. Where of like it. Bungie put out was like, well, we fixed like 16 of the top Here, things yeah. you wanted to fix. Here's literally mm-hmm. our change log. Tell us what you think. Right. Yeah. So it's I, weird. I mean, I think, I think Jeff Senpai has the Senpai. correct answer to all of this. Yeah. Which, in Overwatch's updates, I know Overwatch is like different than those because they're doing it right, and they don't have like major issues they need to fix but jeff senpai comes out and says all right guys here's the 30 here's, minute video here's the deal i am going to tell tell you about things that are coming i want to stress to you that not all of this is coming next week yeah i'm going to tell you the things that we know are happening that the man. things that might happen and the things that we're looking at maybe doing in six months he is so good at that like, and he is so good at handling expectations you like, know let's be honest. like like that's the way like when Bungie came out and said we're looking at this, you know, like it's it's vague. People are like, oh, maybe next week, maybe tomorrow, whatever. Six you months know, later, where is if it? If Bungie had come out in year one and said, classic. All right, I don't like people on the in the listening, watching, and listening can't hear this. The the audio just cut in to tell us to stop recording. Very weird. This because- we're gonna stop it. We, Never. I mean, we're not going to listen to it. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to stop getting it. stopped. We don't care. So, like, if Bungie had come out, like Jeff Senpai, and said, Jeff we're Senpai. analyzing these things, and it, not all of, we might not make any changes. Yeah. We are just now looking at this data. It might yeah. be six months. It might be eight months. You know, like, like Jeff, Jeff Senpai said, we're looking at new maps. There might be a map in, like, two months. But. Who knows? You know, like. Like, we're really excited about it, and we want to tell you about it, but don't get super excited, because it might be longer than he, that. He is, he is the definition of the consultant mantra. <laughs> Under promise, over deliver. 
Yeah. Set expectations at a reasonable pace so that if you meet it early, it's a surprise. Just what release about, a Halloween update. Yeah. What about anything fucking about Sombra? Yeah, except for Sombra. They, they dropped the ball on that. I, I wholeheartedly believe that they thought everyone, like, everyone had it. And they just missed something, and then we went off the wall, and they're like, "Shit, we really gotta fix this." Like, well, they're gonna—they're never gonna figure this out. So they started dropping other hints in there. Like, all right, how many times did we have to like figure out how to find an image in a certain way, and then data mosh it so that it turned into something recognizable that we could then find somewhere else? I'm just saying that at some point they were probably like, "Crap, get another one up on the server." Like, we gotta get them to find something. The issue with Sombra isn't that we. Also that we games. went off in the wrong direction. The issue with Sombra is that Sombra was conspiracy theory. Conspiracy. Supposed to come out two months ago, and they realized she was totally fucked. I mean, it sounds like we have no idea what her abilities are. But anyway, that's like, all I really it, wanted to get out of the topic. Either Sombra is either Blizzard's hugest misstep in assuming how long the community would deal with an ARG, yeah. because the length of the ARG for Sombra is way too long. Oh, yeah. Two weeks, a month, maybe. How long have you been waiting? Since beta yeah. for Sombra. We've been playing this shit for over a year. Okay? So, like, I am pretty sure that Sombra was supposed to come out a long time ago and they're trying, and something didn't work. And I'd like, the right thing is to, you know, not, like, not release a bad hero and try to fix it live. But they, I think they probably jumped the gun on the Sombra ARG, assuming, you know, when they weren't as far along as they should have been to, to release her. But in any case, I mean, the the whole focus of the topic was just that it seems like developers are, developers having a hard time. I mean, if you're not an indie developer and you're not basically having something that's there to be there, in the sense of like. I made this game for this purpose, kind of a thing. Like all, all the really big indie games that you hear about these days are things like Her Story or That Dragon Cancer or like We Happy Few. Like there's a whole other component that they're trying to focus on that's not just gameplay, not just looks. It's meant to actually be an experience. Whereas mm-hmm. Gears of War 4 just came out. You know, like it's it's just another nature of the beast for AAA game for AAA developers when it comes to the fact that they have to not only develop something that's solid, which arguably some people falter at. But also something that appeals to people in more ways than just the first ten hours, and then mm-hmm. once the you know once everyone starts complaining, it becomes a game of like, do we patch it? Do we keep supporting it? Or, do we fix what's or, wrong? Or depending on the expectations. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. I could be yeah. wrong because I am not following Forza Horizon Three <sighs> or Gears of War Four, but I don't think anybody bought Gears of War Four thinking this is going to be a three-year experience that, Exa- that yeah. they patch over time. Like you play the Gears of War campaign, yeah. and you're like, all right, done. Cool. And yeah. then you play the multiplayer. And that's a very fair thing and, to say for the games that, you know, in particular that I think of in terms of Destiny is meant to be this 10-year experience. The Division was supposed to be the Destiny killer, so it's supposed to be just as long and all that kind of... You know, that's a very fair point. It's just that... I, I mean, think maybe this that's what I'm missing out on. I don't think this is replacing yeah. old AAA development. Yeah. We have... Maybe now fair. we I think we should almost like we are patenting this here on the podcast. Coining another term, right? Just here. like Jeff Simpai. Jeff Simpai. We have indie games, we have AAA games, and then we have living games. Ooh. Like a living game is Man, a totally I, different I animal. Like, like Forza Horizon Three is a 
it's a great game. Like Killzone is a good game. God of War is a great game, game. but those are not living games. Those are are not games that you are expected to support over, you know, years. I think this should be like a new type of game. This is like triple. This is like quadruple A. You know, because you pay, you've got the triple A level stuff in Division and Destiny and Overwatch. But not only have you made that huge investment of making a you know, basically trying to make a perfect game. You I have like to it. make that game perfect for three years at a time. Yep. I agree. And it's it's just like, it's not that all developers are like that. Like, we still have the developers that make Dishonor, that make Gears of War, that make Forza, that make Uncharted, that, that make... That turn out the franchises, that have those things that are open world concepts, that have those things that are just the FPS grind. Those that make Mafia exist, 3. You know, and I that's why I was like, I think you might be right that I'm just not viewing it in the same sense of these games were meant to be long-lived. And people are assuming that, hey, I like 90% of this. It's just that last 10% that really detracts from the rest of it can you fix it kind of a thing. I mean, I'll be here for years kind of an idea. Dark Souls 3. Yeah. You know, th- there are plenty of AAA games that exist in the traditional AAA sense, but we now have this weird MMO hybrid thing slash eSport game yeah. that fall into this new category, yeah. patented three dudes, one blog, living games. For show. Hashtag living game. Jeff Senpai. Jeff Senpai. That was my topic. That actually ended up, you know, taking a while. What's up, Brian? Good job. I really don't have anything. We could just end it here. I feel like Ryan's just forfeiting his pick this week. What have you been playing recently? How's life? Uh, I haven't really been playing that much. I've been trying to play Destiny and Overwatch. It's hard to do at Uh, the same time. I've been doing really bad at Overwatch, and I'm not getting as high level on Destiny as I want. Iron uh, Banner is the worst. It is what it is. Why is Iron Banner? I don't know. The TLDR is the fact that the loop. Okay. Taylor thinks one part of Iron Banner's loot system is broken, which it here's is kind of weird, dumbest, but I wouldn't necessarily say Here's the dumbest thing about the Iron Banner. Iron Banner is the bit of PvP where they actually count light level, right? So they say if I'm actually legitimately 20 light levels ahead of you, which is their like little gear ranking system, if I'm that much ahead of you, people figured out within 20 levels, it's not that different. The second you get outside 20 levels, it's absurd. In the sense of, like, you will literally notice that it will take one to two more bursts to kill someone. Your melee won't go as far. Your grenades don't do as much. Like, it becomes a problem. So as a man who is only 357 out of a possible 380, it gets hard when you see people that are 385, 386. Oh, I thought you said a possible 380. Possible 380. Yeah, 385. But I've seen, like, I think I've seen a couple 387s. People have been reporting that you can go beyond the limit for whatever reason. There might be a bug. But the point is, after every PvP game, based on somewhat your credit, you get rewards, right? Some of those rewards are things like particular specific Iron Banner weapons that are only available during the event. Very cool. A lot of them have been great You this can time. get legendary weapons and legendary gear, gear that is slightly better than whatever you have on. Based on mm-hmm. their pretty much loot guaranteed. System. However, you can also get moats, which you also get five of every time you get enough experience. Are you talking about emotes or moats around your castle? It's like, it's like a, M-O-T-E. It's a version of it's a different type of currency. It's basically an experience currency because every time you level up past the level cap, they still track your experience. You just get five free moats that does things like you can boost your gears, 
usages. Yeah, it's just does it's just another currency. Strange coins is another currency. That's another thing that drops an iron banner. Strange coins are However, how many bit, currencies is Destiny? A have? lot, and it's a problem. The bit Strange that, coins are actually good to get yeah, they are. But the bit that ticks me off is that the rarity levels in Destiny, the blues, can only decrypt at 340, right? Notice how I just said the max is 385. 340. 340. The number of times that my drop was a 340 blue during the time that I played was absurd. Well, I would say 95% of the time I got a 340 blue. Now, normally I'd be like, okay, cool, whatever. I'll just dismantle it. That'll be used for a material. I don't care. However, in a game type that touts itself to care about the light level, and in a game type that's meant to be like, come check out this rare gear that I have, why would you give at all loot that literally is below what's even considered so there's one okay. thing that you haven't talked about yet, though, and this is like a problem for us because we didn't get to play as much. Exactly. One of the big parts about the Iron Banner as well is there's an Iron Banner level. And yep, the more right. games you play, you level up in the Iron Banner. And the higher you go up in the levels up to level 5, the better it, the drops the are. The better the drops are. However, so, like, in Tier 1, you get more blues. But as you work your way up, you start seeing more purples. And if you get to level 5 and you can keep playing at level 5, you'll get a lot of purples. The problem for Taylor and me is it took us all week to get to level five, all and then week. we had to stop. And the worst part about that is, over. is that so we you didn't we didn't get to experience the we didn't the purple magic of being level because honestly, all the posts that I'm seeing on every little forum or whatever that you can think, everyone's like, "This was great. This was a great time." I'm like, "No, it was awful." Okay, because you know what happened? It was to only me? awful because you didn't get enough time to level up. Before, before the Iron Banner, which is and true, you didn't get enough time to level up during. But you also only not get credit. Fault. It's not. Which you also, however, only get credit for wins. And every time you lose, you just get an item that stacks up to five times, and your next win redeems up to five of those items. So arguably, and I'm not lying when I say I went on a five-game losing streak and then just kept playing until a win every night. So I think I won at most six games in the last week, and I lost upwards of, I don't know, 40, 50 games. It was depressing. Five times in a row, I played, I want to say it was like the first, I don't, I don't remember what day it was, but I played literally like 25 games in a row. I lost five, and then I won the sixth game. I lost five, five, and I won, won the sixth, sixth game. That was my strat. Like, it happened every single time. And we and hit you, rank five. If you get, if you can pull that off somehow, as fun, as terrible as it is to lose five times in a row, it was awful. you still get the credit of winning the six games of experience. Especially after the two days of Saturday night's Overwatch tournament, coupled with Sunday's so, Overwatch experiences, and I go home. super salty. I was in the salt mines all weekend. It was not good. I only have one thing to say about this before we end the podcast. Here it is. Taylor. Yes. You are rank 2,800 plus in Overwatch. You're in the top 40% of players. Why the fuck are you wasting time on Destiny? That's a good question, Thomas. That's a very good question. Why am I wasting time on Lucio? Why are you wasting time on games that don't even properly track your skill when you're in the top 40% of the world in Overwatch? What, what, what blows my mind, of though, 20 million players. is that when you look at those stats, 
I have really good accuracy and really good kills. But then you look at the stats that are like, you know, arguably the Lucio stats, like healing, 48%. Like, I'm like apparently really crappy at playing the guy I play, but being supportive, great at. You're wasting, wasting my everybody's time. Wasting everybody's time. By playing honest. Destiny ever. I'm just filling the server with a hole that doesn't need to be there. No, that's me. <laughs> Ryan. We believe in you. We can talk it. about how I'm only 2100 in Overwatch. Hoffman Senpai will make it. <laughs> I believe in you. So here's the... Did you watch the, um, the video that I posted the no. other day about Overwatch One of us ranking? has to work and do three jobs at once. Well, it's not my fault you signed on for three jobs. I didn't sign on. <laughs> he was asked to, and you can't say no. You can say no. I mean, you... You can just come work at my company. We have an accountant that's trying to leave because she's like 800 years old. You can just come work with me. That's a lot. Maybe. That's a lot of years. Wouldn't that be cool? You probably won't get paid That'd as be much. so though. cool. They, we pay terrible. Um, anyway. I don't uh, think you know how much money I make. <laughs> we can salary. talk about that. Hashtag after. salary. Triple Q is the worst way, apparently, to play Overwatch yeah. competitive. Apparently, you guys need... We need apparently we should play more. You two need to play more and I'll solo queue my way. Okay. <laughs> I need to stick with my little gold net. Solo queue? See, I legit want to figure oh I God. legit want to try this. Is, <laughs> there you go. Every time I play with you guys, uh-huh. I'm playing every person in the lobby's platinum. Yeah. Except you. me. Like I legit want to see what happens if I queue by myself and be like, Am I like from playing all these platinums, I have to have gotten some kind right. of skill, right? Uh-huh. Right. Got to rub off somewhere, right? Oh my god, the salt <laughs> is already there. He's already on tilt. He hasn't even started playing yet. <laughs> the second he clicks, look for match. It's just. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. I don't know. What you should do is you should look up what the self-sustaining heroes are, like Soldier, yes. Zarya, you know, these heroes that you can carry yourself with. Be- yeah, that video's focus was the fact that either A, make sure you're okay. If you can carry your team through it, as long as you can live, nothing else matters. Yeah, so like, here's the de- like in solo queue, you don't pick a hero that works great with Why the team like Anna. Especially at the lower levels, you play a, a character that can keep themselves alive and get lots of kills, like Soldier 76. Or Lucio. Lucio doesn't get a lot of kills. Anyway. No, but he does heal himself. So I that's what you should do. Just solo queue without telling anybody, like I did on Monday, and climbed 100 SR. <laughs> that was so funny. We're like, I didn't want to tell anyone, but I did break my season high. Oh, Adios. Jeff Senpai.